Good morning and welcome to Coffee and Jesus. I'm your host, Jael, coming to you from Texas. Today is May the 10th, 2023. Yesterday I made two video broadcasts, a part one and a part two, entitled, Who You Listen To Matters. So I'm going to share the same information today. Hopefully I can do it in one podcast instead of two, but um, we'll just see how it goes. So thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching me and everything that you've given me to impart to your people. Heavenly Father, we just bless and adore you. Jesus, we love you, we honor you, and we bless you. Let your words, let the words that come be yours and not mine. Help me to empty me of myself and let this podcast be what you need it to be. And let it reach the ears of those who need to hear it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's start with the verse. And the verse will be Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Let me pull that up. Let's talk about that verse for a minute, those verses. And that's going to be our, our segue into today's topic. So again, that's Ephesians 4. 11 through 16. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind and doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. I grew up in church with the King James Version, so I like referring to that because those are the verses that I remember. And yet I understand that everybody does not understand you know, the, the old terminology. So I'm going to read that again from a different translation. This is the Amplified. And his gifts to the church were varied, and he himself appointed some as apostles, special messengers, representatives, some as prophets, who speak a new message from God to the people, some as evangelists who spread the good news of salvation, and some as pastors and teachers to shepherd and guide and instruct and he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people, for works of service to build up the body of Christ, the church, until we all reach oneness in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, 
growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity so that we are no longer children, spiritually immature, tossed back and forth like ships on a stormy sea and carried about by every wind of shifting doctrine, by the cunning and trickery of unscrupulous men, by the deceitful scheming of people ready to do anything for profit, but speaking the truth in love in all things, both our speech and our lives expressing his truth, let us grow up in all things into him, following his example, who is the head Christ. From him, the whole body, the church, and all its various parts joined and knit, knitted firmly together by what every joint supplies. When each part is working properly, causes the body to grow and mature, building itself up in unselfish love. So right now, we do have some very immature Christians being tossed about with every wind of doctrine. We have New Age teachings infiltrating the church. Um, and so we have witchcraft in the church. We have spiritually immature Christians um, going from one church to the next. Some because they can't find a Bible preaching church and others because they get easily offended and hurt uh, when they're called out or they don't agree with what's going on or there's too much religion or whatever reason. And then there's another group of which I was a part for a while. This is wrong too, where you, you're on the bandwagon of who, whoever the new it preacher is and you're just all excited and you're all in your emotions and because you're feeling happy and excited, you know, you're listening because they have the best you know, sound system, they have the best singers who can really sing, um, they have all these wonderful events for children, but you're not listening and you're not discerning that there's no meat. There's milk, but there's no meat. And so I want to caution you, and like I said, I was in that bandwagon, you know, on that bandwagon for a minute, to circumspectly pray about all these up-and-coming preachers who are very famous. Most of them start off right, most of them, and then somewhere down the line, things go amiss. I could call some names, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm sure you know who they are. It's just very sad because they started off right and now it's just bells and whistles and there's no teaching of the true word of God. So I just wanted to start off with that because the title of this teaching is Who You Listen To Matters. What you don't want to is to fall into apostasy and have the wrong theology that's not biblical, that's not scriptural, that's not Jesus. Just because someone is nice, kind, a good speaker, they're friendly, they're charismatic, they go to church, they're a pastor, they're a minister, they're whatever, does not mean that they're in right standing with God 
and that you should listen to them and that they can mentor you, minister to you, or give you advice. A person who is not filled with the Spirit, the glory of God can potentially be used by the enemy. Now, not a, you know, a lot of people aren't going to like that I said that, but it's true. You can be a believer and be spiritually, demonically spiritually influenced or oppressed. Not possessed, but oppressed and influenced. But if you stay prayed up, the Holy Spirit will always bring you back to Scripture to let you know if what these people are saying and teaching and preaching is right. Now, this next group, I fall into this group, so I'm just going to put that out there. There are a lot of Facebook apologists, YouTube prophets, YouTube evangelists, and Twitter theologians. Some of us are on point, and we're teaching the Bible, and some of us are not. Again, who you listen to matters. Don't mistake charismatic witchcraft for anointed preaching. And I don't mean charismatic as in Pentecostal, because I grew up Pentecostal. I mean charismatic as in this person is a really good orator. They're a really good speaker. They're funny. They capture your attention. Their object, you know, their object lessons are wonderful, whatever. Don't mistake charismatic witchcraft for anointed preaching. Because the Bible is the word of God. And demons know scripture. So just because somebody can spout off the scriptures with the chapter and the verse, does it mean they're in right standing with God? So how do you know who you should and should not listen to? Let's talk about um, something practical as an analogy. A thermostat changes the temperature, whereas a thermometer measures it. The Holy Spirit changes the inner man and the thermometer or the measurement is our fruit, the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. Darkness will always be offended by the light. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us through the Bible. So these people, prophets, evangelists, ministers, whatever they call themselves, apostles, they cannot lead out of the flesh. They cannot lead out of their heart. It must start with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Old Testament prophets confronted sin and they called people back to repentance. They were specific and 100% accurate. They had the office of prophet. Modern day prophets, and I don't mean all, I mean some, rarely address sin. They use uh, a lack of faith as a reason when their prophecies don't come true. Their prophecies are very vague, very general. If what they say doesn't line up with the word, then you know they're talking out of their flesh. These modern day prophets who really are not prophets are very manipulative. Now, not all modern prophets are false. Not all modern prophets are false. A prophet receives a word of God. It is confirmed and there's wisdom in it. Okay? 
the office, well, let me go back. I'm going to give you some scripture references for you to read, read on your own because this is going to be a very long teaching. So 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 to 21. 1 John 4 and 1. That might be just John 4 and 1. I think it's 1 John 4 and 1. Jeremiah 23, 30 and James 1, 5. So go back and read those on your own. There is an office of prophet and then there is a gift of prophecy. There's a difference. A lot of people, you know, jokingly like to call me prophet and they do it because they know I don't like it. <laughs> it just makes me cringe because I don't want that title. <laughs> it's a heavy burden um, to carry and it's a very serious one. But I do not have the office of prophet. Like I told you, the Old Testament prophets were 100% accurate. I am not 100% accurate. I have been wrong before when I have said things. That tells you that I do not have the office of prophet. And somewhere along the line, I either interjected my own something in there, or I did not hear clearly from the Holy Spirit and got it mixed up somehow. That tells you that I don't have the office of prophet, okay? So the office of prophet is a position calling to correct the church. They are over nations. They have a specific assignment and they have the authority and the influence over a body sanctioned by church leadership under God. Now, I do have some prophetic giftings and that's what we're going to talk about. How do you know if you have the gift of prophecy? The gift is something given by the Holy Spirit for edification of the church. Anyone can move in the gifts. However, when you become a believer and you are saved and you ask the Lord into your heart, the Holy Spirit gives you specific gifts that he wants you to use for God's glory. And so you have a special anointing for those particular things to move in those particular gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 tells you about the different functions and the gifts, and you can read that on your own. But prophecy is a very deep, specific gift and I'll get to some descriptors to let you know if you have this or not. But let me talk about discernment for a second. Discernment, because this will lead us into who you listen to matters as well. Discernment is knowing the spirit operating within a person or a situation. So this has to do with the spiritual realm, the supernatural realm, and spirits specifically. Words of knowledge is when the past and present come into play. You get information supernaturally, often paired with healing, about the past or present. Maybe you have words of wisdom. People come to you for advice. You have prophetic 
dreams and visions. I'm giving you all these things that fall under the gift of prophecy. So dreams are actually visions while we are sleeping. And visions are waking descriptions when the Lord is speaking to us. If you'd like to read more about these things, then there's Job 33, 14 to 15, Matthew 2 and 12, and Acts 18, 9. Foresight is looking into the future. Mark 8, 31, Matthew 12, 25. Now, Isaiah was the prophet who had a lot of foresight. He saw Jesus. He saw everything about Jesus. He describes it very vividly. So the prophet Isaiah definitely had foresight. Insight is another component of prophecy where you see the hearts and minds of people and you can position yourself in the spirit. Now, this one is tricky. And I'll be honest, um, when I was about 13, I asked for the Lord to take this away from me, being able to see into the hearts and minds of people because, you know, as a child, and you're still a child when you're a teenager, it's not fun to be called weird all the time or strange and, you know, have people not want to be around you because you can see things. And so I asked him to take that away from me, whatever it was, didn't really know what it was at the time. And so I don't believe that he actually took it away. I think he let it lie dormant because I just could not handle it until I became an adult. And the reason why it's kind of Forgive me, Holy Spirit. It's kind of annoying to have this particular part of prophecy because people around you really, really, really don't get it. When you can see things about another person that they're completely blind to and they don't understand why you don't want to be around their husband or their best friend or their coworker or their child or whoever it is, and their spirit and your spirit are not meshing. And you can see things about this person that they cannot see and you know they won't accept it. It causes problems. <laughs> so that's why I say it's kind of troublesome to be able to see things that other people cannot. I have a very good girlfriend who has the same ability and we were talking about it the other week and she was like, I've never told anybody that before. And I shared with her my experiences and I said, you know what? I can do the same thing. And she goes, but I don't like it. <laughs> and I said, I don't like it either. I'm okay with it now. But um, it's hard because you're like, why can't anybody see this about this person? Why can't they see it? Oh my gosh, it's so, it's something I battle with all the time. If you have the prophetic gifting, calling, you have a passion for God's word. People are usually rattled and upset 
by what you say because it's the truth. And the spirit within them doesn't want to hear that. And so people will turn against you. But as a prophet, if you have the gift of prophecy, now again, I'm not talking about office of prophet. I'm just saying if you function within the prophetic realm, be careful not to mix your opinion with prophecy. Now, that's something I had to learn. Imparting the word and not mixing up my own opinions with it. Because when I do that, then obviously it's not going to turn out right. The word is always and always must be above our opinion. If you are in the prophetic realm, you have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. You obey quickly. You repent quickly. And you are sensitive in the natural and the spiritual. So let me give an example. I was talking to a couple of people the other week. And um, I was explaining to them that because their child is prophetic, that's why they're sensitive in the natural. Because if you're sensitive in the spiritual, then you will be hypersensitive in the natural. If you have the gift of prophecy, you are very bold. You speak warning and correction in conjunction with the word to bring about redemption. Now, let me put a caveat on this. There are people who just love to correct everybody else. And they just have to say it right then and right there. That is spiritual immaturity. That is not the Holy Spirit. Most of the time, he's going to have you pray about it and then see if it's even your place to correct that person. Because the Holy Spirit may have somebody else who needs to correct them. It may not be the time and the place. There could be a large group of people. And it's going to cause a problem or be embarrassing to the other person. And I'm not saying that we don't correct false teaching or misinterpretation of scripture out of context. What I'm saying is you have to speak correction with the word to bring about redemption. Not to make yourself appear smarter. Not to make yourself appear holier. It's not about arrogance. It's not to bring about argumentative situations. It's not about being judgmental and like, ooh, I knew this and she didn't or he didn't. It has to be done a certain way. And the Holy Spirit will guide you if you let him. So just having that reactionary in the flesh moment, ooh, that's wrong. Let me fix this. Let me tell them what's wrong. Be careful with that. That might be your pride. Correction of sin, you can do that in private. That doesn't need to be, I'll just leave it at that. Just pray about that. Prophetess Anna, in Luke chapter 2, read her story. Now that woman was a prophet, for sure. She recognized Jesus as the Messiah immediately. 
immediately. Okay, that's a prophet. Deborah in the Old Testament in the book of Judges, she was a prophet. So women can be prophets too. And they are referred to as prophetess because I know there's still confusion in the body of Christ that women can't do this and women can't do that. Guys, y'all need to get over that because if Mary could carry the word, Jesus, if women, a woman could carry the word, then we can also speak the word. So now let's talk about demonic attacks and how this happens and why who you listen to matters. Demons can attack you with torment, temptation, deception, or accusation as in bringing up your past. There's a lot of focus on deliverance right now in the body of Christ. But deliverance is not just deliverance from demons. It can be deliverance from a person, idea, you know, an idea, a belief system. There's all different sorts of deliverance. Demons are disembodied spirits. They crave bodies because they become weak outside of a body, outside of a host. Now, some of you are going to get weirded out by talking about demonic stuff, but this is a real thing. It's a real thing. So we need to be vigilant, not fearful, not paranoid about these things. It's a real thing. Christians can be oppressed and influenced, as I said earlier, but we cannot be possessed if we have salvation. The enemy comes to us and tries to get into our dreams, tries to get into our thoughts, tries to get us to react through our emotions. He is the father of lies. He is deceptive. And so that's what he does. So how do you know if you're oppressed, demonically oppressed with the spirit? You've lost your spiritual desire. You're physically fatigued. You have your resources dry up. Your prayer life has diminished. You feel emotionally overwhelmed and helpless. Old habits and lifestyles start to come back. You pull away from church. You pull away from your church friends. You stop going to Bible study. You stop reading your Bible. You stop listening to worship. You stop having your morning devotions. This is how you know something not right is going on. Now, when these things happen, fast and pray. Don't forget that God made you start focusing on Jesus again. Do not forsake prayer because prayer is a place of power. Do not forsake discipleship, fellowship, 
don't disconnect from your covering, your pastoral protection or whoever it is. Put on the full armor of God. I hope this is making sense so far and I know I'm going through a lot of information, but all of this is important. Now, um, let me quickly recap and review. Prophecy refers to the ability to give a relevant and direct word from God with 100% accuracy if you have the office of prophet. You can flow in the prophetic from time to time with those things I mentioned earlier, such as words of knowledge, discernment, insight, foresight, and so on. In the Old Testament prophetic books, most prophecy was foretelling, properly diagnosing a person or situation and proclaiming an authoritative word from God that instructed, warned, or was for exhortation based on scripture or the Bible or whatever the Lord said. Foretelling refers to revealing previously unknown information about a person, place, or, or event. Discernment is God's gift to the church to help us dispel confusion. God is not a God of confusion. When there's confusion within a church body, I can assure you that there has been a security breach. There has been a spiritual security breach by a demonic spirit. Discernment is a spiritual gift. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians 12.10. And that skill can be developed, uh, references Hebrews 5.14. Discernment, again, is the ability to discern spirits that are not of God. It's the ability to discern truth and lies, good and evil. If you have discernment, then you are considered a watchdog of the church. When members are in danger of accepting wrong teachings, false teachings, or activities in the church are not spirit-led, God-anointed, God-appointed, then the person with discernment, the gift of discernment, is the one who can identify that false spirit, that false doctrine, and sound the alarm. There are real spiritual dimensions, supernatural realms. There's the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. All of this stuff is real. Spirits create an atmosphere. You know that to be true because you can walk into a place and just all of a sudden feel really different. You can go to a party and depending on what's going on in that party, you'll start feeling some kind of way. Spirits change the mood and the atmosphere and the environment. They evoke emotions. So back in the day, my college years, I loved to dance. 
I was a good dancer. And I loved to dance. So I was always in the club. Every Friday night, every Saturday night. Pretty much got there when it opened and shut the place down. They were having to kick me and my friends out. I just loved to dance. But certain songs make you feel some kind of way. If we're being honest, <laughs> music can have an effect on you. And the kind of music that they play in the clubs is intentionally sensual. Okay, you can see where I'm going. So, spirits, that spirit that was in the club created an atmosphere. It changed moods and emotions came into play. And your flesh is aroused. Spirits will interact with you and influence your emotions, your thoughts, and your behaviors. How does this happen? It happens through our senses. Seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching. So you hear people talk a lot about ear gates, eye gates, and I've done podcasts on this before or videos on this before or I've written Facebook posts about this. Your ear gates are obviously your ears. It's the words that you are hearing and listening to and receiving. It's the music that you are listening to and receiving. It's the people that you are listening to and receiving. And then there's your eye gates. What are you watching? Which shows, which movies, which preachers? Are you watching porn? Are you looking at pornographic material? Are you reading pornographic material? There's also the physicality of other people. Is that a temptation for you? We need to be more mindful of what we are allowing through our ear gates and our, our, our eye gates into our homes, into our minds, and around our children. Now, I love music. I love music and I love movies. But that falls, they fall under the ear gates and the eye gates. Music and movies, they can be good and positive or they can be bad and toxic. And that's just the truth. I love, love, love this quote by Jackie Hill Perry. Just because we cannot discern the negative effects of what we listen to does it mean that there aren't any? I'm going to read that again. And this is her quote, not mine. Jackie Hill Perry. Just because you can't discern the negative effects of what's going on when you listen to music, doesn't mean that there aren't any. So be cautious about that. When the Holy Spirit says, don't do this, go there, Listen to this. Watch, you know, don't watch that. Don't listen to this. Pay attention. The Holy Spirit is guiding you into all truth. I'll give you a personal example. 
there was a new series that came out during the pandemic and mostly during the pandemic, I would just read my Bible, pray, watch sermon after sermon after sermon. But every once in a while, I just wanted to watch a show and binge watch, okay? So there was this new popular series that had come out and I started watching it and it was pretty good. And then all of a sudden, I got a funny feeling and I thought, oh, this is about to take a turn. This is demonic. And as soon as I had that thought, and I think I even said it out loud, my lights in the living room and my TV just shut off for no reason. And it didn't snap at first. So I'm like, okay, why is my light, you know, why are my lights off? Did I not pay my light bill? And I'm like, no, I paid it. That's not it. So then I walk outside to see if there's a power outage in my building, in my complex. No, that's not it. So I go back in, I go into the other room, I flip the breaker, and but then I realize, oh wait, my other lights do work. The light in the bedroom works, the light in the bathroom works, the light in the kitchen works. It was just that area by the television where I was watching that show. See what I mean? The Holy Spirit will let you know when something's up and something is not right. There is a book by C.S. Lewis. That's the author who wrote all the Chronicles of Narnia books called The Screwtape Letters. This is in my top five favorite books of all time. It's a satire, which I enjoy. I love that genre. And it is so well written. It is a series of letters in which Screwtape, an experienced demon, instructs a new up-and-coming demon named Wormwood. And he's teaching him how to effectively tempt and deceive human beings that are assigned to him to make sure that they are on a steady path toward damnation and moving away from God. It is a masterclass in the demonic. I strongly recommend that you read that so that you can tell when you're being deceived. It's a really good book. Again, that's The Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis. Because again, I'm going back to the title of this teaching. Who you listen to matters. We have to be able to discern the voice of God, the voice of the enemy, and our own voices. We have to be able to distinguish between the three. The book of Proverbs in the Bible is full of wisdom, and God tells us in that book, My son, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to their flesh. So God is telling us to guard what we hear, what we see, and what is in our hearts. He wants us to have our ears full of gracious words of Jesus, our, our eyes full of the presence of Jesus, and our hearts 
meditating on what we have heard and seen in Jesus. Who you listen to and follow matters. The demonic demonic spirits can also gain access to you because of your unforgiveness. When you have unforgiveness, bitterness in your heart, or you hate someone, and you say those words out loud, they hear that. Now, they cannot get into your mind and read your mind. They can plant thoughts, but they can't read your thoughts. So they go by what you say. So that's another open door to the demonic is through your mouth and the things that you say. The occult is a real thing. There are demonic beliefs and practices and powers. They are seductive, manipulative to persuade and entice, and, and entice you away from God and to doubt God. They love to isolate people because if they can isolate you and nobody's speaking into your life from a biblical standpoint, then they have your ear. And they whisper things to you. First Timothy 4.1 says, seducing spirits. It talks about seducing spirits. You need to be careful of that. Because in the last days, believers will be led astray. And many are being led astray right now. The only defense against seducing spirits is to know the Lord and his word for yourself. 1 John one twenty seven says, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the anointing teaches you of all things and is, and is truth, excuse me, and is no lie, and even at it, oh, and excuse me, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. The bottom line is, are you going to a church and are you listening to and following someone who is giving you milk or meat? Are they giving you baby food or solid food? We cannot refuse to go into the deeper things of God because, oh, I don't want to hear that. I'm just not ready for that. That's for the ministers. That's for the pastors. No, that's for every believer. We need to know the word of God. We need to follow the word of God. We need to spread the word of God. If we are mature Christians, then we need to be studying the word of God. We need to be praying. We need to be in training at all times. We need to be praying that we grow and that we can discern between truth and lies. Okay. Now, there's some other things. There's many other things that I want to talk about. I just don't know. Now is the time. So let me. Think for a minute.
Yes, I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. Okay. The other thing that we have to be cognizant and aware of who we listen to matters is what happens when the people that we love fail us. So let me talk about somebody who's not a minister first. I grew up watching the Today Show. Okay. And it's been a few years now. Maybe almost 10 years now. Matt Lauer. I loved watching Matt Lauer on the, on the Today Show. He was an icon, but he was also just a man with flaws, <clears throat> excuse me, like the rest of us. He got into trouble for sexual harassment with women in the new studio. Excuse me. I'm not excusing his behavior. I'm a woman. I have daughters. At the time, I felt really bad for his wife and kids. I prayed for all of them. The station made the right call. He needed to be dismissed. <clears throat> but this was just a man. And men have flaws. And the problem is we put these people up on pedestals above Jesus. Like an idol. Famous stars, famous politicians, famous singers, famous actors famous whoever. We idolize these people. They become cultural icons and we make them idols. But here's the deal. You can be an icon and a sexual predator. You can be a CEO and a racist. You can be a politician and a pedophile. You can be a teacher and an addict. You can be a parent and a criminal. You can be a minister and an adulterer. You can be a famous producer and a rapist. You can be a student and a murderer. You can be a coach and an abuser. People are sinful. Sin is wickedness. And people are fallible. You can be King David and, a, and an adulterer. You can be Noah and a drunk and get drunk. You can be Jacob and a liar. You can be Moses and a murderer. God uses broken people, and yet we cannot put them so high on a pedestal that we idolize these people and listen to them blindly and follow them blindly. Who you listen to and follow matters. Ask the Holy Spirit, is this my church? Is this my pastor? Okay, it's very important. that we are careful with just blindly listening to people. A couple of years ago, one of the most famous apologists in the world, Ravi Zacharias, a report came out about him with sexual harassment. And it was just, it was just, sad because so many of us loved him, followed him, revered him. And then it turned out that he was doing all these really horrible things. But again, just like what I said about Matt Lauer, this is a man. 
Now, he was supposed to be a godly man who led people towards truth. But the bottom line is, again, we're all sinners in need of redemption, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. And the enemy can get to us if we are not careful. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. So I pray that you circumspectly take these words in, that you pray about them, that you meditate them, that you go back and read the scriptures that I've shared with you, that you study this on your own and decide if who you are listening to and following is who God wants you to listen to and follow. Remember to guard your eye gates and your ear gates. Pay attention to what's going on in the environments around you. Pay attention when the atmosphere changes. Be on guard for demonic spirits. Educate yourself on demonic spirits. Pray about it. I love you guys with the love of Jesus. And I pray that this has blessed you today. I pray that these words from the Holy Spirit have fallen on fertile ground. And that you grow and learn. And spiritually mature. In the admonition of the Lord and in truth. Bye, y'all.